is your Classical Break, your daily dose of classical music. I'm Tyler Alderson, and today we're finishing up with Borodin's first string quartet. By the time Borodin started this quartet, the mighty handful was beginning to splinter. One of the splits happened when Borodin and others took an interest in opera. Balakirev hated the idea. Again, opera was too associated with other countries' music for it to ever be properly Russian. But Borodin started work on an opera based on an old Russian epic, which would eventually become one of his best-known works, Prince Igor. He worked on it on and off for years, in between his other professional obligations, and also in between working on pieces like this string quartet. He never actually completed it, but it was later finished and premiered to great acclaim. There were other cracks in the handful as well, many of them centered around Balakirev's insistence on his own particular vision of how new Russian music should sound. There was also the question of other priorities, taking precedence over the group meeting regularly as a cohesive unit. Bordin's insistence on keeping his scientific career caused some consternation, and he was already more independently minded than some of the others when it came to what he composed. It's amazing to think that a man who is so obviously talented would never once consider becoming a full-time musician. And besides writing music, Borodin was an accomplished pianist, flautist, and cellist, which could have opened up other professional opportunities for him as well. But beyond the fact that making a living as a musician is challenging at the best of times, Borodin just didn't seem to see it as a suitable vocation. He once remarked that, quote, "...respectable people don't write music or make love as a career." seemingly equating being a composer with being a prostitute. It was undoubtedly somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but it shows that Borodin was perfectly content to be an amateur. That term is often used in a derogatory way, but Borodin is definite proof that an amateur can also be a master, and this final movement's a great example of that. Much like the second movement, the finale starts with a winding duet, this time between the second violin and the viola. The slower introduction opens up into the faster main movement, a technique used in a couple quartets we've listened to already, Beethoven's Sixth and Mozart's Dissonance. And this final movement shows that while Borodin did subscribe to a lot of the mighty handful's philosophies regarding music, at his heart, he was also very much influenced by the Germanic masters of classical music. You can hear it in the drama of the finale, which wouldn't really sound that out of place in, say, Beethoven or Mendelssohn, it has some wonderful contrast between furiously intense and more lyrical passages. Bordine may have been an amateur writing foreign music, but he was certainly able to do so with a strong and unique voice. Here's the Muse Open String Quartet with the finale of Bordine's first string quartet.
Again, I can't help but hear some Beethoven in that finale. And if you go back and listen to his sixth string quartet or Mendelssohn's sixth string quartet, those episodes that we listen to, again, I can't help but hear Beethoven in that finale. It's definitely Borodin's compositions, but if you go back and listen to the episodes on Mendelssohn's sixth string quartet or Beethoven's sixth string quartet, there are a lot of similarities there. Thanks to the Muse Open String Quartet for putting that up on museopen.org. And thank you for listening. If you have the chance, please rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're getting it. I'm Tyler Alderson, and next week for your classical break, we'll be listening to Mozart, Berlioz, and we'll start things off with Percy Granger on Monday. I'll see you then.